That's what she said. That's all I got. Roll the metal. Roll the metal. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna ask what you all were drinking, and if it was anything but bourbon, I was gonna say. Uh, so I know we're talking about womanist theology today, but y'all are being really big boobs. Hey, okay. <laughs> so, so, Derek, what are you drinking today? I think I know. I am I one guess. finishing off my Eagle Rare. Oh, God, good stuff. That's lasted me for quite a little while. Uh, if a few months counts as a little while. Um, that's, that's a while. That's a long time. Also chasing it with the king of beers budweiser dude you're leaning into that working class aesthetic right now love it and then when i run out of the already pre-gamed glass that i have be moving on to basil hayden oh basil hayden. I, i'm just basil i'm just drinking old forester today regular that's nice very normal that's good. the most normal that's all right liz are you what are you partaking in today i heard I a can open a, if that's a white claw it's vodka it's a high noon. It is vodka. Uh, it, is. it is vodka. It's so vodka I soda. have, I have license. I have oh, license. No. Uh, Derek's misogyny arc is starting. Oh, oh no! <laughs> See, the only thing I'm misogynist about is bourbon. The the, the bourbon is a significant part of the Theo Bourbon experience. It's a significant um, part of it. There's, there's a handful of episodes where you can hear us getting more smashed as we're as we're like doing the episode oh. and trying to talk about God. It's good. It's a good time. I think I think it was I think it was the uh, it might have been the hell episode is when I was the most gone like I wasn't gone obviously but like it was the farthest that I've been and you can hear the slurring in my words when I'm like yelling about people who believe in hell at the end of that episode I got a migraine so bad that I had to call cried. in sick the next day and you cried. I cried. When did I cry? I, yeah. I don't even remember this. I did. You I've not like, gone. I have not gone back to listen to that episode. You were like, and if anyone listening to this, just know that you're gonna be okay. Oh no, I stand by that. I stand by that cry. I 100 percent stand by that cry. That was a cry oh, that so I did, good. and I feel great about it. I've never had a Theo Burpin episode where my hair looks normal uh, in our videos so far. So I am like, have over. you ever had a day in your life where your hair looks normal? Like earlier today, like we were, <laughs> like earlier today. I promise, you wouldn't. Know, I mean, but back in Kat. back in your big Jufro days, the, oh, that good old was days. Like, those were the good old days, though. But anyway. Hello, listener. Welcome to Theo Bourbon, where we sip on the nectar of God whilst talking about God. And today, along with Tom, my trusty, trusty uh, stress eater. Yeah. If y'all, so I said that in one of the other podcasts, and I don't think people know what it means. Oh, okay. Mangione in yes. Italian means eating under stress. Yeah, it's like it's like I eat my feelings. That's the implication. <laughs> it's like glutton because you know manja means uh, like eat or like let's eat. Uh-huh. Uh, but mangione is just like ah oh, yeah that that grief eater stress eater over there. So there you go. Yeah. So uh, my fellow stress eater there. Yeah. And uh, we are joined by a good friend of Tom's. Tom, if you want to introduce her, you see can this is Liz Greenup, uh, who uh, worked with me uh, at the coffee shop I work at. And now is getting a master's at Notre Dame. Uh, she's a theology student. She knows her stuff. Good Catholic stock. And we are gonna we're gonna get her opinions and her thoughts on 
just stuff, life, God, all that, because you hear a lot of our opinions, and it's very important to hear people who aren't just us. So we invited a yes. woman onto the show, and surprisingly <laughs> to all of us, she said yes. <laughs> well, lucky for you two, I have a lot of opinions, and I'm always happy to share about them. <laughs> Thank God. Listen, uh, we... Me and Tom kind of suck when it comes to like talking over each other just because we know each other well enough to like not take it as a bad thing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it's just because we're such on an equal wavelength most of the time that like we literally just like repeat each other over and over and say beautiful nothings to each other. But then it ends up being a, a an, an okay podcast. It's kind so of our brand. Of, yeah. It's kind of our brand. So we're really happy to have. <laughs> an extra voice in here which we haven't had for a while um so so that's good we're we're really happy to let's see we, we, we had we had caleb but the thing is caleb still fits into our same vibe so we just oh had, yeah like, that's why yeah, yeah we just had like another count. clone of us you know uh there was just another one you know um yeah so it's just that's... he was just he's just a little bit gayer of the most of, of the oh yeah not, not even by a lot but yeah not by a lot but enough enough yeah <laughs> Uh, unrelated, but before we get started, uh, do y'all ever play Spot the German? No. Is this a game that in my everyday play? life? Like, do I look for Germans? I mean, like, yes, I, yeah, I actually do mean this. Like, if you're ever out in a metropolitan area and you just see someone who looks very German, and then you kind of inconspicuously follow them to see if they actually are. Sure. Other people do this for sure. Um, but you know, if you just see someone, they got the backpack on the, the Birkenstocks, you know, they have like, everything is very efficient that they have on, you know, you just kind of be like, I wonder what language they're speaking. Well, today I succeeded and I spotted a German, uh, on at my grocery store running the way before I got here. So I wanted everyone to know that I did spot a German. It was awesome. Um, that was it. Is it racist? Is it racist to ask if their name ended in dwarf? That you see, that might be crossing the line. That might be too much. Okay. See, I'm just see, trying I've to already... appreciate their culture. Uh, you were just exploiting it, which does but make listen, you a colonizer. I'm sorry. There are only two types of people that I can't stand in this world: mm-hmm. people who are intolerant of other people's cultures, and the Germans. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me you all have seen Austin Powers Gold Member. No, I just thought you said that. <laughs> I thought that was just a, a thought out of your head. And <laughs> no, I can't. I can't take. I can't take credit for that. That was uh, Michael Caine in uh, as Austin Powers' father and Austin Powers' gold member. Except he says the Dutch instead of the Germans. That's also fair. But yeah, I. I so, uh, yeah, no, I, 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 you just got credit for that in my book. That was a that was a wonderful oh, moment. Thanks. Liz, please tell us about yourself. We've already done what we already said that we weren't going to do. But we did yeah, enough. Please tell us about we yourself. Did enough. We know that you're at Notre Dame. Boo! We're Louisville fans here. Um, L one C four. That was L1C4. me showing that I have like red and black on, not me like farting, but it kind of looked like it could be either. Well, um, as I guess Tom knows, I did my undergrad at Xavier. Mm-hmm. We worked together at the coffee shop. Um, I just graduated in May. I was a double major in psychology and theology, and then I heard about this theology program at Echo or at Notre Dame. It's called Echo, and it's a free master's in theology from Notre Dame. And I said, "How can I pass that up? Free doesn't get any better." Um, <laughs> so I applied, 
and I got in, obviously, and oh my gosh, the semester is rough. I'm only taking two classes right now in this first summer module, <laughs> but they're two and a half hours long each. Oh God. <laughs> so what you're saying is you've never gone, like you've never been to a Bible college before. Yeah, never been to that, that youth conference. Oh, I've been to I've been to youth conference. <laughs> you know the youth conference life. Okay. One, one that was stupid though. I in high school. We all make decisions in high school. I, <laughs> we all have the high school church camp stories, man. I yeah, it was a very emotional experience. And the more I look back on that one, I go, hmm, maybe that wasn't so great. Anyway, that might be a story for another that's time. A, that's a common experience, though. No, that's, yeah. I mean, so keep in <laughs> mind, we have a very ex-evangelical and a few, a few currently evangelical audience. So, I mean, I'm going to be honest. We're going to be asking some baby questions here. Like, let's see, when if you're in a space that, you know, is very patriarchally driven and very, like, men and women do different jobs, like, with, as a woman studying theology, like, how would how do you encounter that what's your experience with that especially as someone who you know you're a feminist you want equality for women what's that like in a traditional space like the catholic church yeah sometimes it's really hard not gonna lie um i've had a lot of like men in my life well they're not in my life anymore um but they would say oh you're a woman you're studying theology well you can't be a priest and i'm like what I grew up in the Catholic this is Church. The first I've been told of this. this. Is, I know. I've never heard this before. How shocking! Um, <laughs> like that is not my goal in studying theology. I do not want to be a priest. I, that seems like a very difficult job. <laughs> to, like shepherd people and be responsible. Well, not. I mean, not just that, but you got to take like the vow of celibacy. You got to take the vow of poverty. You got to take the vow of what's the other one? Obedient. I don't think that would work out well for me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like to listen. To, no, I'm kidding. I do like to listen to books. <laughs> I just like to do my own thing. Um, but yeah, so hearing hearing that from people and having them like put me down in another way and make it seem like my experience is not as valid. Yeah, has been has been tough to uh, reconcile with, especially with some of the more like traditional like sex within Catholicism mm. um, and of course not everyone is like that I don't want to paint a terrible picture of people in the church I know no, of there's course. a wide variety um, oh you mean the Catholic church isn't like every other denomination of the church where not everyone thinks the exact same thing I thought all Fucking Catholics were exactly weird. the same that's what I thought I mean I assumed that they were all trad cats who uh you know, thought that Jesus was an alien because he can't be human. I mean, wait, who thinks that? You go back. Okay, come back. Okay, how, who, who are the people who are both tradcast and think Jesus is an alien? Where are they? I would like to meet them and bring them on the podcast well, as well. I I just put that on there because everything they were saying could very easily be talked about on ancient aliens because. They were saying it was some type of it's a formal heresy. I can't remember what it's called, but um, modalism. 
Mona yes, Lisa. yes, okay, yeah. Yeah, Sorry, where Jesus... Yeah, nice. Jesus can't be a human. He has to be like a celestial thing with just like human wrapped around him, basically, which is just not Christian at all. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm curious, Liz, did you see uh, on Twitter all of like the Catholic, like the trad cast, the Obros misunderstanding the Trinity? Oh, no. And I'm glad I didn't. I had to get myself off of Catholic Twitter because. I, every because every couple months, the same discourse rolls around. And that's should women. What is the the Catholic Twitter discourse? Because like I'm only on like progressive Twitter discourse, which has like only some of the cool Catholics and only a few of them. So I, I, mean, I, I wish I was on, on that Southern side, Baptist honestly. discourse. God, I'm so, so sorry. <laughs> I'm sure no, they're very similar in ways, but <laughs> okay. But yeah, let's hear it, Liz. Um, look to preface. I'm not on Twitter anymore. I still have my account, but I don't, I'm not active on it anymore. But when I was on it, it was, should women be allowed to wear pants? Just period. Should women be able to wear pants or should they only wear dresses and skirts? They go like to their knee or below because modesty. Um, should women be able only... to work outside the home? Am I the... Derek, what are you feeling? Am I the only person that thinks that skirts and dresses are more immodest than pants? Or is that just a kink? Like, I, I think I, you I, might I just no have idea. a kink, Derek. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I think you might have just... Uh, that was a self-report from Derek. That was an easy access self-report. Uh, you heard it here first, folks. I'm not mad. Like, I, <laughs> But just like... I mean, I'm not gonna. Never mind, Liz. This is you. You go. You go. You talk so to sorry. us. <laughs> I'm pouring another. I'm pouring another glass. <laughs> Just so the listener knows, this is the first podcast we've done at nine o'clock at night rather than a.m. So you're gonna get a little bit of a special episode because we're no. We're we're not drinking coffee. We're drinking straight shit. Yeah, this is neat, and I'm also chasing it with soybeans. So. uh some edamame, pick it up from your local Asian grocery store. How Catholic of you being a soy boy. Delicious. No, please, Liz, continue. The discourse. Um, let's hear let's hear more. Oh, discourse. yeah, yeah. Marital debt is the other big topic. A marital debt? What is that? That's where the woman, the wife, owes her husband sex anytime he wants. See, I thought you were going somewhere like Dave Ramsey style, where it's like the woman owes the husband money. I was thinking like a dowry, a like they owe you money after different you get turn. So why'd they spin it with marital debt? Do they just want to make it like not sound like we're talking about marital rape right now? Because we're talking about marital rape right now. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why they do that. Um, obviously, consent is key, even within marriage. Like you don't get it anytime you want just because you put a ring on it like i, I can attest to this <laughs> this married guy running around here <laughs> but goodness yeah that's that's some rough discourse i was like yeah currently i thought it was real bad that a bunch of guys forgot what the trinity is because someone said hey jesus was a man and this guy's like how dare you call jesus a man it's like oh that's the point it's the whole point he's both he's it's- both both and it's not that God was, man, I'm like, literally in a class God right man. now on the Trinity, so don't get me started on that. Can we, so everyone talks about inerrancy, 
what are the three eyes? Inerrancy. That's all you, man. Infallibility. Infallibility. Inspiration. Okay. No one wants to talk about incarnation. The the people don't want to hear it. <laughs> I D- mean, Derek, your vibes right now are just incredible. To think that Jesus had a penis. God, you're you're really on that easy access skirt now. Like that. That's, people don't want to talk your, about your it. Your brain got stuck there, man. Listen, I'm in the dark right now. I'm gonna go turn a light on. You go. You. All- <laughs> I'm like, okay, that so we're not going to talk shirt? about... Shout out Fighting Futures. It is. Shout yeah. out Fighting Futures. Um, we're not going to talk about the finale of Obi-Wan Kenobi because spoilers, but... Yeah, I haven't seen when I say that I'm... Of- you say you're what? Say well, your I was words. just going to say that I'm in the dark because hey. Hayden Christensen was part of my bi-awakening, but we're Aww. fine. It's pretty good. I liked it. I think some people didn't like it, but I disagree with them. I thought it was pretty awesome. Yeah, I started watching it over like FaceTime with my boyfriend, and Aww. we watched the first episode successfully. And then the second episode, we just we got like ten minutes into the show, and then we were like, "Well, we haven't seen each other in a couple weeks, so let's just let's just talk." How was your day? Oh, we never got back to watching the show. Well, if you can get past the really stupid scenes of uh, Leia running through crowds and people being unable to chase her, which happens like three separate times and every time it makes me groan harder. That's other than that, I thought it was pretty good. But it's important to her character. She's yeah, she's she is just young Carrie Fisher. <laughs> they successfully did that. Um, it's fantastic. Okay. Anyway, Liz, I want to ask a question. Let's hear it. Um so, I had already kind of, um, at least with like womenist theology in particular, which is kind of where we want to focus on in this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, do, have have you've will you've read Will Gaffney? Have you read any Will Gaffney? I have not actually. Ooh. Okay. Um, so, womanist womanist midrash. Um, she wrote that book and. Um, just absolutely fucking phenomenal. She's probably the reason that a lot of people now are kind of getting on board with a lot of women's womanist theology. Um, and so she was asked the question on a podcast that I really like called the Bible for normal people. I think we've talked about it a couple of times, Tom, Yeah, but, we have. um, she was asked kind of the difference between feminism and womanism and like this feminist theology and womanist theology and I kind of want to ask, like, do you see a little bit of a disconnect in that? Because she, she would say that, like, womanist theology takes more of, like, a race, sexuality, and that type of thing. Whereas, like, feminism is just very specifically based on the female sex. So you'd say that so w- womanist you- is more of an intersectional reading? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you Do you see kind of like a... Maybe not a disconnect, but do you see kind of like a difference in that? Or do you think that it kind of like all weaves really well together and all of that? I think that they do weave together. Although I have, I have learned that um, womanist theology um, pretty much like, I don't know if it originated from, but it, it had its, 
I don't know. It, it was very closely tied with um, Black liberation theology, from my mm-hmm. understanding. Yeah. Um, with James Cone and like, he has a really great work called uh, The Cross and the Lynching Tree. James Cone is so cool. It. Yeah. I would highly it. recommend it. Um, and then I've read some Dolores Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's, at least to me, she seems to be like mm-hmm. big in womanist theology. At least I'm from pretty sure she, she was kind of like the head honcho. <laughs> When it all started, yeah. Yeah, so I, and I know she talks a lot about, um, like, Black women's experience with theology, and I know that's kind of, like, where it grew out of. So I, I would, I guess, agree that I think there is probably a little bit more of a, a separation. But I, I don't know if, like, disconnect. Mm. Um, because I think, I think they all fit together. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I was just curious, because I think it it's, it's interesting, I think, coming from a place where obviously like me and Tom, we're white passing for straight males who think they know what they're talking about. But um, one of the things that I think with womanist theology in particular, bringing in the, I think the way the way that Will Gaffney kind of explains it is we are missing so much of the God experience when we don't recognize a black woman's experience. Mm. Um, And so I think uh, Dolores Williams talks, I think she's the one that wrote the book about Hagar. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And how Hagar was basically like you take her story, you copy and paste it on top of any black, like black woman's, from the 19 or from the 18 however many years to you know the 60s mm. really like that's their story they were bellies to be filled with babies mm. and that's all they were you know and to take care of the kids and so i guess um i just i want to ask how particularly from your point of view, how does all of that kind of like, obviously you're not a black woman, but, um, <laughs> but you know, just, at, just, at, yeah, just, just asking from the viewpoint of, of just a woman in general, um, especially in a Catholic setting. Um, I guess it's really the same question that you asked Tom, like, how does that, you know, form your theology and what you think about God and whether the, you know, those gender specificities um, are really like, are they pretty prevalent like in your theology or would you say that you've completely kind of gotten rid of, you know, kind of like labels and stuff like that? For me personally, I, I don't refer to God with any pronouns I just I find it very hard for me mm. to describe any and all pronouns to God. Um, growing up in, in the Catholic Church, it's obviously a very androcentric yeah. um, worldview, um, especially when it comes to images of God. It's always God the Father. Even when um, certain writers like, oh shoot, I'm clicking on who this was, but they were describing the relationship between God the Father and God the Son as um, they were connected like an umbilical cord to highlight how intimate 
their relationship was. Mm-hmm. I love so that. I, I walked up to my professor and I was like, like, what's up with this? And he, he said it was to highlight the intimate relationship. And I was like, why wouldn't we just, why wouldn't we use, like, God the Mother then in that instance? Yeah. And so this is something that I've, I've been struggling with for a couple of years now. Um, pretty much since I started undergrad, um, picked up my theology major and started learning just about all kinds of different Christian theologies. And it seems like across, except for like some of the feminist and womanist theologians, um, like Dolores Williams and um, Elizabeth Johnson, and there's another Elizabeth, and I'm blanking on her last name. Greenup, it's you. It's it's been you the whole time. (laughs) Surprise. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I'm just adding to the uh, number of Elizabeth. Oh, yeah, I'm part of the canon now. Suck it, yeah. <laughs> Surprise. Um, yeah, it was it was hard to, like, reconcile with all of that. And I guess, again, like, growing up in the church, like, I was always taught, well, you, Elizabeth, are made in the image and likeness of God. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, but if God is a man, how am I made in that image? But then, like, on the other side of the coin it's like oh well god is beyond any like human conception of gender and god has both like masculine and feminine male and female traits and i'm like okay but we only refer to god with he him pronouns yeah so again where do i fit into this equation yeah um yeah earlier this week i and if i'm going to off the beaten path no no you go for it um earlier this week i learned a new image it was like a Eucharistic image and a female image. And I was like, hmm. I actually really don't like it. Um, it's, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the, uh, the image of the pelican tearing its flesh from her body to feed to her mm-hmm. baby pelicans. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and I, I understand, like, yes, like that is Eucharist. Jesus giving his body and blood for the salvation of all sinners. And I was like, you know, I, I appreciate that, but the fact that that is also a female image for God makes me really uncomfortable. I, I've been thinking about this all week and I don't mm. have it all fleshed out because it's only been a week. Um, I think, um, so I'm not going <laughs> to die on any yeah. hill here, but it's like, oh, like that's, but that's the message that, that women get. And I think that's kind of like what some of the womanist theologians go back to, um, especially with Dolores Williams. She talks about how, um, especially with black women's bodies, they are told that they are to partake in the suffering of Christ because that is redeeming for them. Mm. And I, so that's why I appreciate her flipping the narrative really and saying like, oh, well, Jesus's life is also redemptive because that's how we learn how to be. Yeah. A good human being um right but and i, I don't want to negate his life death or resurrection because i think it's all good but i don't think we should impose things like that on women but no yes you I, know. I, I think you're that's a great point because uh, as soon as you said that of like that being the image of of god as um or rather the, not the image of god but in uh an image of god as female and 
she is so self-sacrificing um, in, in, in a way that I, is, is that, is that helpful? Is that good for women to see that their worth when it's being deified somehow is them literally tearing themselves apart for the sake of other people? Like is that, I mean, you're that, literally <laughs> describing the Virgin Mary, which is more important to you two than it is to me, but I will not put down. Excuse me. She's the co-redemptrix. She <laughs> yes. Yeah. And Oh, I I love her. I could I could go off on a tangent about her, but I So you're going to mess with you're going to mess with Jesus's mama. That's what you're going to do, Derek. I'm not going to mess with Jesus's mama. You're messing mama. with his mama right now. I ain't messing with his mama. The the Theotokos, as you would call him, you Eastern I mean, sympathizer. I just think that she had like six other kids after that and she didn't stay a virgin. I mean, I don't know. Excuse me. Uh, the Mary we know would never have sex. She's too based to ever fuck. We know that. And too Joseph based. was gay. I mean, is that why? Nah, he was he just, just never. Uh, he was a good, upstanding Catholic gentleman. How dare you? Okay, so I just pulled out the uh, the 2014 uh, the 2014 EP by the liturgist, the God Our Mother liturgy that they put out on um, Mother's Day. This is before the liturgist kind of exploded for many, many yep. reasons. Um, but I remember listening to this while I was still uh, in high school and I was still very actively evangelical and I didn't know whether I loved it or whether it challenged everything. And it did challenge everything. And also the music's really good. Um, so yep. for listeners, I'm going to tell you this, tell, just go look it up. Just like Google God, our mother and their link for the, for the little EP will come up and I'm just going to send it in the group message that we've got. So both of y'all can have it because so it'll be worth the listen after we're done today. But yeah, um, funny enough, yeah, that was a, that's something that's actually something that I, I kind of wanted to, to add on to what you were saying, Liz, because um, my wife, Miranda, is just one of the most unbelievable pictures of Jesus that you will ever mm. meet in your life. Um she so it's funny that you said God our mother because that's the song that I sung on Mother's Day at my church. Yeah, you did. Um, but and it was right after she had done a little Mother's Day thing where she kind of just like <clears throat> she took everyone through a day of being a mom to Ellie. So we like read a story. I played with some like puppets while she read the story. It was a poo story, um, not poop like Winnie the Pooh. Um, and so what she said during communion while you were talking about the Eucharist, it reminded me of this, was so profound. She said that the resurrection is like rebirth. The gospel, like I was told by a bunch of my reform bro dudes that the gospel's masculine. It was like, bam, bam, like it needed to punch your sin in the face and by men for God men, was no. punching his wrath into Jesus and punching whatever it needs to be. But like, it's actually so feminine. It is so motherly that it's like when you actually like take a step back and you look at particularly kind of what you're talking about, like, a woman's body giving up so much, especially during childbirth, like so much pain and exhaustion. And then this breathtaking, beautiful life that comes out of it. It's like, that is the gospel <laughs> in a lot of ways. 
And while it's not, you know, the wholeness of the gospel, like those of you ladies who are listening right now, you do not have to have children to be loved by God. Like that is not what I'm saying. Good. Like you don't. There's none of that in this. But um, Derek, can you go in direction? Like, so we need more breeders. Where are the breeders? God, I don't see any of them in the kitchen. That's not what I'm trying to say. Keep them pregnant. Keep them barefoot. Make sure they don't know how to read. <laughs> Roll the metal. That's the over today. <laughs> um, what I am saying is that there is an image there particularly like you know the scripture where jesus says like a mother hen i want to gather you under my wings so that i can you know protect you and that's a very narrative picture yeah. of like that's what a mother hen does when the chicken coops on fire like they cover their kids so that they don't burn and so there's such a beautiful image in that that i think you know a lot I, I love a lot of what you're saying, and it just reminded me of what Miranda said then, because I'm just like, should men really have anything to do with any of this shit? Because, like, <laughs> really? Like, I mean, when you when you talk about... Which one is it? Oh, crap. Tom, remind me. What's, what's the Hebrew name for God that means God with giant breasts? I don't... I've never heard of this before. You've never heard of this before? This is the first time I've heard of this. It's Adonai. Adonai literally means... Yeah, I've always just heard Lord, dude. It means God with giant boobs. Are you you pulling our leg right now? I am not fucking with you. Where? Okay. Because, yeah, I've always heard that as just Lord, but you're saying that this is just like Big Booba Jesus. Big Booba God. it's, It's the... So... We talked about it before. The we Venus have never discussed this before. <laughs> no, the Venus of Dullendorf. We've talked about. Yeah, this. yeah, we, yeah. The 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 giant. Clitor- yeah, yeah. I, I remember this. <laughs> <laughs> the Clitorith. <laughs> this is a. That's a story I should tell. I should tell well, you. You off should. You please do. T- just tell the story this. now because we can't keep going should, unless okay. we address that. So I took an art appreciation class with one of the greatest professors that's ever graced the land of Asbury. Um, she's wonderful. I won't say her name though, because she still works for Asbury and I don't want to create anything. So we were, we were talking about the Venus of Dullendorf. Liz, do you know what the Venus of Dullendorf is? So it's one of the very first figurines ever found to like represent a goddess of fertility. So in ancient times, big boobs, big vagina, big belly is like, I mean, it's it's worshipful. She like, was hot, that you is, know. Like it's okay, we can it's say it. Womanhood, like that's the it's deity okay. of womanhood. Whatever. There was a kid in my class who did not know how to say clitoris. Oh no. And he also had a lisp. And so when he said, when she was looking for examples of how the Venus of Dullendorf was like special in whatever way, he said, um, is it the enlarged clitorith? Guys out here saying stuff, you know? 
And so that's that entire. So story. you're saying that. But the, anyway. so you're saying that the, that Venus is also Adonai. So we're gonna bring it to Adonai. Adonai. Yeah. So Adonai is God with big breasts, and so to the ancient people that would have meant a provider. Where does the big breasts come in? Like, because I, 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 I'm because gonna do back the, then, like fertility was such. A I'm gonna huge do my thing. riskiest Google search ever and search Adonai breasts, and we're gonna see what happens here. Yeah. Oh dear! Do it. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Do it, and I'm I'm gonna shoot the rest of my bourbon, and I'm gonna be right. Filler. What? No, it's uh, Shaddai is uh, is breasts. Big, yeah, big, but big Adonai. Guy. No, but but that's just that's just Lord though. But, but it's um, El, El Shaddai is the. Big boob god, which is a word. Maybe it is El Shaddai. It's, it's El not Shaddai. Adonai. I mean, Adonai is just Dang Lord. It. I feel better now. I feel better because I never knew that El Shaddai meant like uh, mommy milker god. So, so it is El Shaddai. Okay. I, I feel also, a little uh, content with my vague knowledge. Yeah, okay, we feeling better or worse, Liz? We got to okay checking in. How are we doing? You know. <laughs> I feel better now that I know Adonai is Lord. At I'm least like, Adonai okay, is in fact Lord. Told wrong my entire life. <laughs> Mind us to keep right. us down. I just need everyone to know that I was half right. <laughs> you were way more right than I would ever would have expected you to be. God with big breasts. It's out there. He, he's he's yeah. I didn't know that was a thing, so, but I'm so glad that I know that. Now. I just learned a lot. That's why nobody wants to talk about it. And so, like, God is one. I don't want to talk about God. this ever again. Yeah. Like, I mean, no gender at all, but like in the image of that, like, yeah, non-binary boobs. Non-binary boobs. Yeah, man. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. What's happy Pride? <laughs> so, anyway, um, all that to say, Liz, yes, everything you said, and, and I have everything one question it to me kind of. of wrap the end of that up. So, as a, I mean, as a, a woman, and as just someone who knows way more about this than we do, like, what do you think the answer is for the woman who doesn't want to go get married, doesn't want to go have kids? who still wants to, you know, just enter into the God life, who wants to kind of like also mirror that image. Uh, but she sees that and she just doesn't identify it with that. Like, what would you say to her? It's like um, of just not even an alternative path to follow, but like a way of seeing it that doesn't feel inherently patriarchal. Well, first of all, that woman, absolutely valid, mm-hmm. absolutely loved by God, wholly, unconditionally. And whether you get married or you don't, whether you have kids or you mm-hmm. don't, whatever it is that you do with your life, your dignity cannot be taken away. Jesus did. Yeah. So I just, I think I would emphasize that first. Um, and honestly, you can do whatever it is with your life that you would like. You know, I think that's a great, like, privilege that we have here in the U.S. is yeah rocky as things are most of the time we enjoy some good freedoms i think um that maybe some women around the world Hmm. don't necessarily have all the time um i i would say probably like you know voice your image of god whether Hmm. that's god is she god is he god is that whatever whatever it is whatever image of god that you relate to you know that's that's a valid point of view, probably. Like we, I mean, we're all infinitely different, and God is infinite. So how can we 
put someone down for relating to God in a way that doesn't fit into the patriarchal norm. Hmm. And I know in the Catholic Church that can be pretty heavily stressed sometimes. Not sometimes, most of the time. And I think that's why we should start using she pronouns for God more often. Those female images of God, normalize that, and then we can get to work on helping everyone feel included in the Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. You know, it's supposed to be universal, and right now we're very divided, and I mean, church has always been dramatic. Christians are so dramatic. <laughs> that, is, that is the one comforting thing to me, is like, wow, humans, we're really, really dramatic, but I think, yeah. And that's on... No, okay. that's on non-dualism. So, Tom, let's start that conversation. Oh, oh, we doing this right now? <laughs> I'm just now? kidding. <laughs> no, <laughs> we're we gonna save that no. one. We're gonna save that one. We're on, gonna save on, that on, one. on non-dualism. <laughs> that that's currently, you know, when you just okay, you know, when you hear an idea that like you after you hear I guess it, Tom's you're gonna just go like, into it anyway. It's well, I, I'm gonna. It's called a. It's called a teaser. Uh, you know, when you you hear an idea and you're just like, there's a before and there's an after that I heard this. And that was non-dualism for me. Just like the idea that what if only one thing exists, the whole that we are a part of, what is that? What if that is the only thing in existence? And to pretend that there is separation, not a joke, uh, between people, between other parts of the universe. What if that's a thing we just make up to make sense of things? And it's all bullshit uh, to say. There is no separation. Yeah, that's when I got into it. I didn't want to talk about it at the time. Uh, Liz, if you didn't know, Tom wrote some very, very good songs on an album called Journey and Mountain, uh, done by Asbury Worship Collective. But both of them are very gay. Um, I've only ever written gay songs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, glad that you have. <laughs> yeah, there, yeah, there is no separation. Is um, let me put it this way. I wrote the verses. I did not write the chorus. And you can tell because the chorus is like, don't worry. We're so orthodox in our thinking. And then the verses are like, no, we're not. Uh, I don't think that at all. Uh, that's <laughs> Which is very funny about that song because basically like. It's it's very like very perichoresis, very trinity, very like we are in this eternal dance with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Man is the fourth member of the Trinity, and then like, hey, you redeemed us on the cross. It's all good. Nothing scary. Nothing scary about this, um, which is very fun. Um, and, and and then and mountains like, hey, what if sometimes you don't believe in God, but you still want to be a Christian, and, and that's the thing. Um, yeah, people didn't like that one very much. I did though. You know <laughs> that, who that, did? that one. Who? You want to know who really loved that album, though? Chris Bounds, Doctor Christopher Bounds, the best guy. He was he was one of the like yeah he was was he the head of theology department at Asbury? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. he is the most theologian of the theologians, and he thought that was pretty baller. So yeah, I think I think, uh, well, I think I still have an ally in him. I hope. Oh, he's everyone's ally. I don't think you you can not be that. We got to get him on here. unless. Unless, oh my god. We gotta get him on here. <laughs> Could you imagine? Uh, we gotta get, uh, you can bleep this out with the uh, the halo thing. The yeah. yay thing. But uh, Ryan Post, we need to get him on here. Oh no, we can uh, say Ryan Post's name. He'd be fun to get on here. 
Okay. We're, we're anyway, talking about Liz. we're talking about various people who have mentored us in the past spiritually who might be very yeah. embarrassed by us now. You know how it is. Now, Liz, who in your life? We're going to go completely off track. Who Let's in your life? If you could have a podcast guest, but not someone that you particularly agree with, but someone who raised you in the faith. Who would you have on your podcast? Oh. Abstract. That is a great question. It can be someone who either raised you intimately in the faith, or it can be someone who, you know, you just kind of followed along with as you grew up. So like me, it would be, I would want John Piper on here just so I could just roast the fuck out of him. <laughs> How familiar are you with John Piper, Liz? Not. I'm so happy you it's don't because have because you're Catholic. Don't you, don't you envy her? Don't you envy her? I envy that you don't believe that God gave you cancer so that you could love him better. That's what he says. John Piper says some truly heinous things. Hey, did you know that women shouldn't be cops because cops have authority and women shouldn't have authority? Uh, women are, in fact, just objects to be used. So at least that's what purity culture taught me. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, who would you have on your podcast? <laughs> Probably, probably some, uh, some chastity speaker in the Catholic Church. I would. I don't want to say what I did, would fight them, but like I would, I would have words. You're gonna do like the uh, what is that? The everyone spits in a cup thing. Like, what would you make her? What would you do to like punish her for it? Or everyone takes a, a bite out of the cupcake. Did y'all ever have that? <laughs> we did like. Uh, Crumpled up piece of paper. Oh yeah, yeah. Made made uh, Taylor Swift's all too well ten minute version. Taylor's version hit different. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. They all all kinds of analogies that they used, but I think the crumpled up piece of paper is a staple. So. That's great. You called me up again last night to break in like a promise. So casually cruel in the name of being honest. Would you all be cool with having a two-parter here? Because I don't want to quit talking about stuff. Okay, cool. So if our first one here was... Even if it's a short one. Even if it's a short one afterwards. Cool. Okay, you know what? Is that cool with you? Uh, You know what... Oh, what, what should we do? What should we uh, prep for our second part? Because our first part was we learned what El Shaddai means. That is, that was the, I, I, I think, I think that's what, uh, yeah, the gang learns what El Shaddai means. Fantastic. But that, El that, Shaddai is also a song by Amy Grant that, uh, who's also a mother. Who's also a mother. Yeah, this is all. And she's also happy pride. She is very affirming. We love that. We, we love, we love someone who loves the gays. Um, hey, you know what? I, you know what I'd love to talk about uh, next time if, if we're going to make this a two-parter: Catholic social teaching. Oh, yeah. Oh, I meant two-parter as in like we're going to keep talking tonight, and oh, the shoot. second part will come. Oh, later. okay. Okay. So okay. So <laughs> next time on next time. <laughs>
Like next time, with- roll the fucking metal. Or we can just. Would you want to keep going, or what are we doing here? Yeah, that's it. I mean, I'm off tomorrow. Okay, we're just, uh, dude. I'm. I gotta be up. I gotta be up at uh, at four thirty tomorrow. It's gonna be awesome. I'm used to it though. It's cool. Yeah. Um, how is life at? At, at at the at the largest of all the bees, um, so I I accepted a position as the marketing specialist. I don't really know what it yeah, means. You did. No one knows what it means. That's the the beauty of it. Basically, I come up with cute ideas. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, when I, I get more money while I'm doing specifically social media and media related things and like other stuff like offline stuff that I'm doing for marketing stuff, but I'm still doing the employee development as well all the things you're really good at so hopefully so we're we're on our way so we got a cool thing coming up next month where um we had these drinks that came out that are like energy drinks that came out at the beginning of the summer that are um yeah they're they're like energy drinks like food flavored but people aren't really willing to spend the five bucks that they are to try them in case they don't like them you know what i mean so people aren't like they aren't really catching on but we also realized with all of our new syrups and stuff we can make the most banging frozen lemonade you've ever had in your life uh yeah but five bucks could get me a gallon of gas Dude, a whole gallon of gas. You can slurp that down for a long time. Roll the metal for episode two with Liz. Liz, have you ever actually listened to a podcast? You know, I really did mean to, and then I got, <laughs> so, I got so wrapped up. I started, I started an episode, but then I got so wrapped up in writing my two theses for undergrad, and then like getting ready for grad school. Well, you could write a thesis out of all the things we talk about. I I did. (laughs) My thesis was on female God talk and how it could benefit women's spirituality today. Yeah. Okay. Well, we have to do an intro for this one, even though we're just talking from the other. Oh one, no, we already got it. It was the. It was the. Listen, have you ever listened to our podcast before? Um, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome back to Theo Bourbon. We are continuing the talk that we had last week. This will be an episode that's released later on. Um, we'll all clap so that we know where that where that goes in. Oh, bro, I'm editing um, these together. I'm just gonna split them. Export from hey, here to here. Export from here uh, to here. But we are with Liz again. Thank you for staying on later, even though I just brought that up like 10 minutes ago. It wasn't even 10 minutes, but I was, I was just like, like hey, you're getting progressively uh, more inebriated as we're going here. And that's the beauty. I am. Y'all can see the red in my face. Oh, like, I can see I'm it right the there. Only one. I'm still on my I'm first, the only one that's, that's I have getting. You're not in my brain I mean, right hey, now. What the hell are you talking about? I remember those days of being in college and waiting till the last minute to do shit. Even though I would go to the library and like finish all of my finals in one day. And I would get like a 95 on all of them because I know how to bullshit those of you who have listened to our podcast, unlike Liz. Um, no, no, no. So- it's not even that. <laughs> Each class period equates to one week within a normal semester. So within like Monday through yeah, Friday, okay. I'm going through five weeks. Liz? Um, and I have, so, I have so much shit to Next do. week, I'm starting like- my summer semester and I have three classes. So yeah. I understand. Good luck. It's like gonna suck hey, so uh, bad. I'm not excited. <laughs> the people who need to know to you, 
I miss our ships together. So, uh, y'all have class. Uh, I have another fucking child being born in the next few months. So, uh... We're talking about that? I mean, so, by this time... (laughs) By the time that this episode releases, the people who need to know will know. Um... Yeah, me and Miranda are having. Are we? We're gonna be the two under two couple. Oh my uh, god, two under two, and it's it's gonna be. It's gonna it's gonna be. You know, it really is, isn't it? It's just it. We're gonna exist. That's the most Catholic thing you've ever done. Immediately no, shotgun listen, out a second not... child, just one and then the other. You know, firing them out. Can I tell you? Can I tell you, I've never laughed as hard. And y'all can tell me if you've never seen the movie. Because I'm a Marvel nerd. I don't know about y'all. Are y'all Marvel nerds? Okay. So, when Nick Fury in Age of Ultron says something to the tune of, he's getting faster than Catholic rabbits. I don't think I've ever heard that joke before. That's incredible. So... You've heard that joke before, Tom? <laughs> I... I'm new to the fold. I'm newly confirmed, you know? <laughs> your catechism oh, Your catechism is on its your I mean, hey, you are on the hangover of your catechism. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, dear listener, Welcome back. Uh, we, even though we're still continuing the conversation that we just had last week, um, but we are here with Liz, and we're talking about Catholic shit. And we as sure the, are, aren't we? as the um, no longer reformed, reformed bro, and I only say reformed bro because I'm the one who gets in the fights with all the reformed bros on Twitter. Yeah, that's kind of become your thing. It used to be a lot bigger. So Miranda has calmed me down. She's like, they don't matter. Like, <laughs> they matter as people, but what they think doesn't matter. Like, you don't have to, like, you don't have to be mean to them all the time. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. I don't, I don't have want to. But sometimes it's fun, especially when it's Owen Strachan. That dude... It's the most head-ass Y'all stuff ha- comes out of his mouth. You have no idea who he is, I bet, Liz. You have no idea who this person is. She's so blessed. He is the, he is the most Catholic reformed person. <laughs> In the sense of that he is in an unaccredited school. He believes in various heresies that are just... In what way is this stupid. Catholic... I mean, you can shit on us, but at least do it for real things. Yeah, like, I'm okay, so... <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> I'm saying that the man believes that James White is the Pope of all things reformed. Who's James White? All right, Google James White. Oh, God, don't Google him. Um... I need to be more specific because y'all aren't in this. Not theater. not the football running back from Lauderdale, Florida. No. Not he's, him. So, so he would say that the gospel was not perfected until John Calvin. That's, uh, that's a lot right there. 
That's so you had fifteen hundred years from Christ until Calvin, where like no one is, no one was, there was no true church until then, or what? Well, they were in the background, obviously. So the kind of like the the Baptist fundamentalist or the biblical f- fundamentalist who like make up their own history that says there was this like line of the faithful that just ended yeah. up being what they are now. Yeah, naturally. Um, that's who this person is. Um, let me read you what he said today. And we're just going to go full docs on this shit because it's just, it's hilarious. Um, I find it hilarious. So it's actually what I sent you, uh, Tom, earlier today or yesterday. He says, Individual Catholics may know Christ truly, but this is saving knowledge in spite of the false gospel taught by formal Catholic so Catholic soteriology. I've had some bourbon. A blend of faith and works, which a blend of faith and works, like faith without works is dead. The Reformation is not canceled. The work is not done. Canceled. The church must walk the way of Luther, Calvin, at all. I like his. I like his use of at all. Like everything has been so precise in language. And now he's like, you know, like the other like cool guys, you know, the the other cool anti-Semites of Christianity. Yeah, yeah, you know, the extremely anti-Semitical guy and the guy who drowned people in the own rivers of which they wanted to be baptized twice in. Those Anabaptists, you know, what are you going to do with them, right? Liz, <laughs> you're still the guest on this show, so we're trying. <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> um, okay, so that's I, who. I do uh, love listening to you two. So Owen, Owen Strachan. That's we do like to hear that. We do have a podcast. You should check it out. It's called Theo Bourbon. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. We know podcast. you haven't heard you of it. You probably listen to it. You're about to be in it. Fuck <laughs> off, you know, <laughs> She said her first swear. Oh, she said her swear. first swear. Yes. No, listen. I'm gonna be up in Cincinnati at some point, hanging with Tom. We got. We all gotta hang. Um, I'm, maybe I'm I won't. At the moment, yeah, so. she's in. Uh, she, I she, will she's be. In, I'll be in Cincinnati in, at the end of July, though. Cool. The cult that I was in which you'll find out about if you listen to the podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, They were right over into the Michigan side of South Bend. Weed. Um, I'm like there. uh, Yeah. So this is from there, Michigan. Are you sure they weren't Catholic? No, trust me. They said they were non-denominational, but they were absolutely Calvinist Baptists. Um, <clears throat> you know, you've told me so many things about them, and yet I still know nothing about them. Like, everything you say makes them more confusing to me. I've been far too nice about it in the sense that, other than saying their name, the people who were there would absolutely know that I'm talking about them. Nice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, Liz... Can we talk about, as far as Catholicism's sake, and this is not like a dig at all, um, why not go as far as to join like a Jesuit part of what Catholicism would bring? Because she's not a dude. Like, what? The Jesuits are Catholic. They're Catholic. Right. They're Catholic like, as hell, dude. They're very, like, 
liberal Catholic. Or am I wrong? Yeah, they're they're pretty they're pretty progressive as far as the other like religious orders in Catholicism go. Um yeah, Franciscans tend to be very conservative. Although most, I mean, your Franciscans did the one that you were the ones that you were the ones forced the ones to that I was talk with, acquainted with. Uh, yes, um, they were. Are you like, like? Are you like particularly of the Franciscan order? But like the orders are like dudes. They're like the dudes who go to be like priests and stuff. Um, you can right. be. You can go to a, a parish and you can be a part of a parish that might be run by a Franciscan, a Franciscan, a Jesuit. Um, really Dominican. a, Dominican, lots of Dominicans out there who are really into theology. Um, but that doesn't mean you are a part of that sect. You are a part of the church and that's as deep as it gets. You just happen to go to a parish, you know, if you so want like, to be technical, you could join a third order ooh. of like, like, so if you wanted to be like a third order Franciscan, you would still be a lay person, person who's not ordained as a priest um, or consecrated religious, but you would, you would have affiliation with that order as like a okay. So how does that work? So yeah, I don't have, even know about that. So you have the first order that's run by Kylo Ren, and then yes. you have the Empire, which fell because Palpatine fell, but then he also came back. Yeah, then you have the final order that's all of Palpatine's guys. Yeah. Final which order, order, which is also which Palpatine. Yes. <laughs> so what we're saying is... St. Francis of Assisi should have been Pope. I, I mean, like, that would, but... I, I think he just really liked his animals. Let him hang out with his animals. He I mean, he really be. liked talking to animals, he especially the butterflies. Out. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. to answer your okay. question, okay. Tom, yes. I'm not entirely sure how the process works. I think it's different for different orders. But you go through some period of formation, like you would attend maybe, like, mass with them or it was probably it's probably different now since the pandemic as well but it's a lot of like prayer and like discernment with the order to see if you're a good fit to be a person like outside the convent or the monastery or whatever it's like be part of them it's from my very vague uneducated understanding so to everyone out there who knows more about that than me i apologize if i'm completely butchering that (laughs) I only asked that question because they're the oldest Catholic church in Georgetown, where I live in Kentucky. Oh, is their priest is a woman. Or is that the old Catholic church? Different thing. No, like it's the oldest established Catholic church. But it's not Georgetown. Roman Catholic if they got a woman uh, priest. Yeah, that would be no idea. Uh, they're gonna get kicked out yeah that's immediate (laughs) i'm serious did i just did i just dox them you might have just doxed the church i'm sorry (laughs) i mean pope francis if you're listening to this you're cool but sometimes not about the things that matter so i mean he's cool third order Mm -hmm. tell me okay what is the difference between jesuits and regular catholics like tell me i'm baptist the society of jesus my guy Yes, the Society of Jesus, in my opinion, is, like, the coolest and the best. Is this, like, the Jesus people of the 60s with, like, vineyard and shit? I don't know about I can tell you all about the Jesus people of the 60s (laughs) with, like, vineyard and shit. That is my area of expertise. 
So is that the name of is that the name of this uh, episode? The Jesus people of vineyard and shit. <laughs> Or, or just the Jesus people of the city. No, that's too easy. I don't want to put. I don't want to put a bad word in the title. That makes me feel bad. I'm sorry, Vineyard. Wow, that's the most evangelical thing I've heard you say of any podcast know, that we've done. I so know. Far. I'm getting nicer over time. <laughs> I, I'm being. You're becoming me. I'm. I think I'm just. I, I'm being. Uh, what is? It? I'm be, being progressively sanctified right now. It's disgusting. I hate wow. it. I know, I know. You're starting. Be, you're starting to become the Bradley Jerzak inside of you. Ugh, gross. Who wants? Who wants to cross the liberal and the conservative together? I hate that. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to do that. They're stinky over there. Okay, so back back where we were, uh, Liz. Um, you you need to tell us the, the Jesuits. What's that all about, man? Heck yeah. All right, let's go. Um, this is my favorite thing, and I don't get to talk about it here because some people don't like the Jesuits. Oh. They do control the world, after all. We like the Jesuits. We do like the Jesuits. Because we like the movie Silence, because it fucked us up. So I haven't seen that. Before. It's very good. I'm going to edit my two-watch list. Good. Um, the Jesuits were started in the 1500s by St. Ignatius of Loyola. Um, after whole, like, it's Ignatius. like the 500th year of yo, 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 yo. Ignatius. We love Ignatius. Yes. Gotta love getting your leg blown off by a cannonball and then getting to know Jesus. I know. I love that. Dedicating your life to him. So God, God became, became man, man so that man could, could become God. God. Yeah. Saint Athanasius. What a G. Um, yeah. And so then he went back to school. He met, um, St. Francis Xavier, who my undergrad school is named after. Um, <laughs> let's go X. Let's go X. Um, and not not the best Francis, though. No, uh, I disagree. But whatever. Oh. Ooh. So St. Francis Xavier is better than St. Francis of Assisi. In my opinion, but he's also Jesuit. <laughs> no, I I really dig St. Francis of Assisi. He's. Um, my my parish that I grew up at was called St. Anthony of Padua, and he was, like, besties with Francis of Assisi hmm. during lunch. So, so, like, I, I do have a soft spot in my heart for the Franciscans. I really do. I've had, I've had enough bourbon where I thought you said St. Anakin of Padawan. <laughs> <laughs> keep going. That was just Are too Are you sure that's not the name of the episode? It should be. It could uh, be tragic. <laughs> um, so they founded the Society of Jesus together. It's a debate whether it was a group of them or just Ignatius. Um, and so their job was to go around the world and spread the news of Jesus, just like literally every other order, but they did it differently. Um, they were. I think that most of them were pretty, like, nonviolent. Um, I know that when some of them went to the New World, they really, like, advocated against slavery and killing of the native peoples of the land because, obviously, that's a bad thing. And the conquistadors were like, what? Did it anyway. We all know that story, yeah. So, at one point, they were disbanded. 
I don't remember why, or I never learned why. Anyway, so they're a thing again, and the Pope is Jesuit, and he's pretty chill yeah, for the is. most part. I, I dig him. Um, and now, at least from what I have known of the Jesuits, they're pretty like focused on social justice, um, mm. and they're pretty active in that. Father James Martin, um, fabulous author, uh, he also does a lot of work with like trying to bridge um, the Catholic Church with the LGBTQ community. Cool guy. Successful is, I guess, another story. So, funny thing, Tom, the guy that Andrew Garfield, the actor who is in Silence, mm-hmm. spent his time with to learn about the Jesuit faith was Father James Martin. Oh, that's so cool. No, I love I that. I love Andrew Garfield too, so I guess I really gotta watch You gotta get on there. You really, really gotta and it has Andrew Driver, my boy Kyler Wren. Adam. And Liam Neeson, my boy Quay Gonch. Oh. It's a reunion. So yes, um so, good. so uh, as we as we up. briefly mentioned at the end of the last episode, something that I don't know, I really wanted to hear uh Liz's take on Catholic social teaching, which are mm. like the seven tenets uh, of like how Catholics live. And obviously there are some things that we could talk about for a while and get nowhere, like, especially like abortion. Um, and just like those topics that, especially when they clash with feminism, it's, it's all, it's never, it's never interesting. And I feel like a lot of the discourse on that's been done. But if we're talking about, if we're talking about the Jesuits, we got to talk about solidarity. we got to talk about what mm. that means. Cause I'd love to hear that from you, both a lifelong Catholic and someone who knows way more about, um, just solidarity and what that means for the Catholic person. And I, I, I just would love to hear you talk about that a little bit. Also, here's my cat. His name is Nostradamus. He's the best boy. Hey, Nostradamus, so you're such a good boy. Will you tell me what's going to happen in 2027? I'm going to fucking die. Oh my God. He just said it. That wasn't <laughs> wow. me. Whoa. Wow. wow. It's crazy. We're all going to fucking die. Oh, to fucking quote under oath. Hey, we're all going to die. What difference does it make? Don't pray for me and my friends. I think you're fucking fake. Fair enough. What's he gonna say? You know. Let's hear it, Liz. To answer the question, I guess also to preface one of the pillars of like Ignatian spirituality is solidarity and kinship. I know that's like thing at Xavier and I that was something that I really appreciated just and from what I understand of it anyway I'm sure other people have different interpretations I'm sure you both have different interpretations it's just being like being with people I heard someone um, who went on a trip to El Salvador um, she was another theology major with me at Xavier um they went to see like places where the Jesuit martyrs had died. And I think she had described that when they were talking about solidarity there, they were talking about walking in step with each other, not like facing, not behind, not anything else, but like next to Mm. each other, walking together. Um, So that's something that's been like the way that she had worded that. I had never heard it quite like that. And that's, that's stuck with me. And just, Showing people compassion and empathy and loving them and being with people 
where they're at, I think is pretty, pretty underrated thing. And I mm. hope that we learn how to better love people and walk with. So, yeah, like, how does that relate to, I mean, if we're talking missions, because uh, you're saying that missions was such a foundational um, call for, for the Jesuits. How do you run into that place of like, when is it our place to talk to someone like so as to change them versus just standing in solidarity and that being the one thing we are focusing on is walking in step, no one in front of the other and just kind of enjoying that, that kinship and that feeling that, that tug of that image of God in all of us and um, rejoicing in that without trying to bend someone else to your will? Like, how do you reconcile those two things? Mm. I think, at least for me, I've, as I've, like, grown up and as I've tried to start to listen to people more to really, like, figure out where they come from, as I, I, well, that's what I do, is I, I listen to them and I try and figure out, like, oh, okay, this is why this person believes X, Y, Z, this is, you know, it's their culture, it was their family, it was their religion growing up, um, just things that they have learned throughout their life that is important to them. Um, I think if we really sit down and like listen to people, then that's how we'll be able to better like walk in step. Because if we're if we're talking at people and just trying to get them to like hear this, they're not going to hear it if they don't first believe that they are loved or cared for or mm. actually being listened to. Mm. Um, so develop, I think developing like, true listening skills is yeah, very key. I love, I love that. And I facepalmed a few minutes ago. I don't know if y'all noticed, but I realized that y'all are talking about Ignatius. The person who said God became man so that man become, could become God was Athanasius. Yeah, we're talking hundreds of years between these boys. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you yeah. did say Athanasius, though. Yeah, you, you said it. You attributed him correctly. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay, my bad. This is Ignatius um, anyway. Loyola, totally different guy. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, yeah. But but All of solidarity that. is another one of the seven pillars yes. of Solidarity. Um I was actually gonna talk about another movie. Um so these are the two movies that you should watch back to back and it will be an absolutely fucking emotional <laughs> roller coaster. Movies right now, dude. Let's do it. The mission with Jeremy Irons, Robert De Niro, and a couple other people I can't remember. And then Silence. They're both about Jesuit missionaries. <sighs> that whole walking and step thing kind of brought those back to me because with the mission, um, spoiler alert, um, some of the Jesuit priests die with the people that they are on a mission with. I can't remember exactly the um, country that they're in, um, South American somewhere. Um, but he's literally walking with the kids as they're shot. And then in silence, it's more about, it's with the, the Japanese purge of Christians um, and the Jesuits from Spain who go over there to try to figure out what's happening. They were more so focused on like kind of the steps ahead, like where does faith take us rather than where does faith have us? 
And I think that's such a cool thing that you were kind of kind of talking about, like that that walking in step with people, and why I think the Jesuits are so kind of <laughs> on par with kind of where where we would be, where kind of social justice yeah. um, would kind of land is like they're more so on the side of where we are now and where the next step is rather than where we could be and then trying to kind of like push towards that because I think that's more of like Tom I don't know if we've talked about it but kind of like the people who say nothing's going to get better until we get to heaven yeah rather than the people who say why can't we have heaven on earth and make it better right now oh yeah because it's the um implicit like admitting that you don't actually believe that God has the ability to work through people if you don't right. believe that that that's a call to create a heaven on earth. Uh, big big cat, big kitty, hello. Another friend. Big fat boy. Just a big man, you know? I don't have a cat, but I have a giant water bottle. Aw, big boy. It's a good thing you're hydrating because I'm not. Oh, I'm definitely not. I've definitely only been drinking by high noon. <laughs> As you should. Good. I have a drink high, high noon, too, so I can feel it. <laughs> but, no, I think that's really cool. Um, and I think that kind of goes hand in hand with, like, I don't know how many of our ex-evangelical listeners are. We have no idea where a lot of them are. I certainly um, don't know. Particularly, like... I obviously don't. I don't know that, like, we can really equate the ex-evangelical movement right now and kind of, like, an ex-Catholic piece of it. Um, I think that there are a lot of der- defen- der- well, differentiations mm-hmm. um, in a lot of that. Um because I think that, especially with Catholicism, just like with what Tom, you've kind of talked about with me, like there's just a lot more room to exist in a spectrum. If that makes sense. Yeah, there's just there's more there's more people and there's more variation. And even within right. the systematic theology, there's enough room for even like when you're looking at these different orders, it's not even as though people believe wildly different things. I mean, they can and they often do. Um but oftentimes they're just exploring different concepts or just mm-hmm. different places and they focus on different things. So they might interpret yeah. different parts of that systematic theology differently. Um, which I think is really yeah. cool because like you can see that in the Eastern Orthodox Church, which I'm really like. It's only a matter of time before you convert, man. If you would listen to the podcast, Liv. Um, or Liz, sorry. Um, <laughs> Come on, get my name right, Derek. Yeah. I'm sorry, I've had two beers and like three glasses of bourbon. Um, <laughs> hey, you've been going hard, man. So, I, like, I appreciate it. Um, with the Eastern Orthodox Church, like they're they're along those lines. Like if it's in the creed, that's what you got to believe. But everything else is kind of like, <laughs> like you can have an opinion. Um, so with the evangelical movement, like because Catholicism and Eastern Orthodoxy and kind of all of that older shit was more Eastern thinking and more, there are several concepts that you can kind of open up, open yourself up to. Whereas 
the Western thinking of evangelicalism of black and white, right and wrong, blah, blah, blah. (sighs) Very binary. I just wonder if the Reformation was just the worst thing that could have ever happened. Thank you. It's taken you this long. (laughs) You made it here. The Reformation was a mistake. No, I've been here. Like, but like at the same time, my church wouldn't exist without the Reformation. So, uh, yeah. You know, things happen in history and we all have to deal with it now. Yeah. And we're 500 years removed from that. Every 500 years, something's happened. So we're due for another one. Women at Vatican III? Women at Vatican III. <laughs> <laughs> no, did you all see that uh, Pope Francis might be stepping down because of health reasons? Really? I did not hear that. It was ever Actually, that? Wait, no, I think so I did sad. hear that. Something about he had some health things going on and he called the Cardinals together um, to talk about some things. But I don't know that it was him stepping down as much of a like, hey, y'all should get ready for some like shit to I'm go like down. I'm like about to die. Yeah. <laughs> the dude's what, 70 something? That's like not that old though, you know? All right, let me yeah. look it up. Maybe I just have really old parents now. When I've gotten to the point where, like, they turn 70, it's like, oh, they're not that old yet. When I know they're just, like, seconds from falling apart. That's weird. Aging parents, you know? Yeah. He's 85. 85. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, he's allowed to to get get sick. Oh, my God. He's allowed to get old. I mean, he's been old for almost 10 years. Yeah, it's been a while. Like, next year, I remember, like, I'm, I'm 29 in October, and... Happy birthday. I re- I don't thank you. Uh I don't remember whoever the Pope was before him more than I remember him. Mm. Like I've only maybe it's just because that's because I've paid more attention to other religions besides being a Southern Baptist in the past ten years. <laughs> but Well he wasn't anyway, anything the, uh, that po- special. The Pope of Southern Baptist will never die. Uh, Al Mohler. He's still with Al us. Al Mohler. He just says, I mean, speaking of someone who hates Catholics, though, goodness. <sighs> what do you say? They anyway. were, they're false Christians who serve a false God. That's their whole, that's his whole thing. Oh, shoot. Uh, Wait. Do yoga and you're going to invite the devil into your life. That's another thing that he said. I do do yoga, though. Yeah, this yoga doing hey. Catholic over here. Hey, she, she's uh, in school. If you listen to our podcast, we talk about the devil on the last episode. We talked about all about I the did, devil. I did see time. you guys advertise that, and I was like, "That sounds like it'd be really fun to listen." To it's that. a very fun one. It's a good one. It's I really just, short. I wish we had gone longer with it, but it's very, it's very short and it's very informative, and it's really cool. It's very listenable. So like, yeah. So it did start like your first episode. Like forever. Oh God! And our, I, our first episode's bad. Like <laughs> we've been getting better. So bad at it. You we've know. been getting better. We, we've been improving. <laughs> the thing is, I but, honestly think at least I was way too close to a lot of that hurt from a lot of those spaces, and I was mm-hmm. definitely angrier. And as much as we get angry now, we more get angry on behalf of injustice that we see, and just instead of just being like generally pissed. Again, we're getting older, mm. we're being sanctified, we're becoming more like Jesus, and it's so boring. But yeah, that's what we're yeah. up to now. We're uh... No, yeah, we've we've definitely gotten a lot more like <clears throat> um 
instead of just like shitting on Calvinists all the time. And we do shit on Calvinists. We do. <laughs> we, we do shit, but we shit on them in a different way. It's less like we, it's like at first we shit on them, but we forgot to wipe. Like that's kind of like the, <laughs> that's kind of the difference. <laughs> You know, I hate to say it, but I think that's right. I think that's exactly the way. I think that's exactly true. Yeah. We, we research now, anyway. and, it's, it's, and things have improved. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I think we can, you know, this this second part will just kind of be more of a a lighter. I don't even know how long we've gone for. Um, the thing is, we only went for, like, 45 minutes before. We could just have one hour and a half long episode and i'm okay with it personally oh i'm good with it too um but while we have you let's do it live bring her home let's bring her home or is it liz 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 Liz. green um i'm gonna follow you on instagram at some point um so while we have you yes we want to talk about Which blend of coffee represents God better? Is it the lighter roast, which gives you more caffeine, gives you more power, gives you more shaky, like, I could do whatever the fuck I want type thing? More love, more power, more of you in my life? More love. That's one. Okay. Um, Or is it the medium, which is a little bit more neutral, which is like... There's chaos and order, but they're yin and yang, and they can kind of blend together. And you know, you're not shaky, but you're also very alert and whatever. Or is it the dark roast where Jesus says, "My yoke is easy, my burden is light. You can be tired, but you do not labor in vain." That is a great question. I was not prepared. I Oh, See, I worked. It. I worked at Starbucks, so I know what the shit I'm talking about. But I also don't know what the shit I'm talking about. You just reminded me of the worst two years of my life, man. Cheers. Down, down to the rest of this right now. Yeah. <laughs> but listen, I worked with Caroline and Jacob the whole time that I was at Starbucks, so it was a really good part of my life. Yeah, I worked at a Starbucks while we were like mid-pandemic, and it was just it was miserable. Hey, you were fin- you were featured in Business Insider, like we're- for just talking shit about Starbucks. You can literally Google my name <laughs> and Business Insider and Starbucks, and the first thing that comes up, there's a picture of me in that article. Wow, I'm gonna go read that after this. Actually, please go do it. I've actually dared our customers to do it. Whenever I started talking with them on how much I hate Starbucks, and they're like, "You seem to really hate Starbucks," and I was like, "Google Business Insider, my name." I was like, "Tell my name." Uh, and uh, Starbucks and just Google it. And they're like, wow, that's actually a thing. That's a picture of you. I'm like, I know. I didn't, I don't joke about this. Tom, that is fantastic. So are, awesome. we talking, <laughs> are we talking, are we talking, are we talking Big B Best? Are we talking Mocha Java? Are we talking French Roast? Are we talking See, Living I'm Hope? Listen- okay, so I'm thinking. Okay, so, <laughs> so I only know in terms of Sumatra. Um, <laughs> Pike's Place, and uh, imagine if Pike's Place. Blend. Imagine if so. imagine if Pike Place didn't taste like utter shit. 
I uh, mean, it'd be fine. Uh, so imagine like you're speaking be, to me. I just know it, but I it'd be I worth the, understand that language. <laughs> it would be worth the three dollars. <laughs> I would mean, just like imagine if Pike Place were just actually better balanced. Uh, so yeah, Big B Best is an almost fully single origin Nicaraguan. It's all. It's all. It's from this uh, coffee. I'm. Make, I'm serious. It's from a coffee estate called uh, El Recreo, and it is. It's so cool. I do. You, do you read? Do you read Bob Fish's blog? Because I read Bob no, Fish's I don't blog. One, read one big island in space. Com. Two G's. One big island in space. Com. You gotta send that in the group chat far too. too <laughs> yeah. This. Yeah. This is. Y'all you know, just be like, okay, fast forward to the end. Uh, I start yelling about Big B. <laughs> but it's it's a south it's a South American medium roast, well balanced. It's got some notes of okay. citrus, but okay. not too okay. much. Okay. Okay. That's the Lord, our Lord and Savior. Yeah. <laughs> so here's 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 your options. Is God more in the Italian blend, the uh, Ethiopian never. blend, or the Brazilian blend? So Italian being dark. Look at her. You're killing her. Look at her eyes. Or Brazilian being light. I've not had enough coffee today to handle this question. But you can still take (laughs) coffee from Brazil and roast it lighter. Medium. 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 But my my guy, my guy, the Brazilian is going to be way closer to the Big B Best you love. (laughs) I've never had had fucking Big B. You've been lied to. You've been deceived. I went to Ethiopia, you bitch. Medium, medium roast in general. Of course, my pick would be Big B Best. That would be my denominational. Yeah. Denom- denominational. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You know, uh, yeah. Oh, Big B. <laughs> so I'm literally having to do like this other training thing right now, and they do this whole thing where they're teaching you the history of Big B. But I don't know if you know what the name of Big B used to be. Yeah, so Derek, Big the balls. name of Big B, I so here's the deal. Here's the deal. I'm not gonna say it on the podcast because it used to be a racial slur. Google it, you'll find it immediately. No. But the name of Big B, when they named it, they just weren't really thinking about the name. Uh they're like, have oh shoot. And they it. and they renamed it. But the thing is, they had many locations. They had like dozens of locations open before they before someone's like, hey, this is racially insensitive. You need to change the name. And that's how the name Big B was born. Send it to the group chat. Oh, I will. Because I'm far too inebriated to know what you're talking about. But it, it's it's truly incredible. As they're telling the story of it, they're just like showing all of the old signage and stuff. And it's like, oh, man. And they don't address it a single time. They do not talk about it. It's so funny. I mean, neither does the SBC when it comes to the fact that all of the buildings at their main college are named after slaveholders. So, I mean. Hey, but I mean, the SBC exists so that people could continue to have slaves. So, I mean. Whoa, Tom said it. I'm, I'm just acknowledging a, a fact of history. No, so. I know. Oh, I know you know. You said. And now, and now Liz has to right. know this, too. We have, Liz, we have, just so you know, the Southern Baptist Church <laughs> had to split off of the normal Baptist churches because the Southern Baptists wanted to continue owning slaves. Because they realized, wait, the Northern, like the Baptist church uh, is going to make us not like, is going to like say that we can't be Baptist and own slaves anymore. So we have to create our own church. And the SBC has such problems because of this. (laughs) But now they call themselves the Great Commission Baptists. Um, Got to rebrand. 
<clears throat> um, so all of the buildings, all of them, at my former college are named after men who owned black bodies. And they refused to change the names because God forbid those slave owners had good theology. And on that note, what a delightful time we had with you, Liz. Thank you. Thank you so much for just like sharing so much with us and giving us some awesome stuff to think about. I mean, honestly, I think um, I really loved your benediction of sorts on just like, what does it mean to be a woman in the church and not know how you fit in, not knowing how to find that godness in you. And yet Mm -hmm. maybe that's just an innate thing. Maybe that's not a thing we need to foster maybe that's just a part of all of us and that's something really special and that i think that's an awesome an awesome little takeaway that i know i'm gonna be thinking about for the next couple of days so thank you so much yeah. for hanging out with I'm us really, what are what's your final yeah. thought what is what is the one thing you got from today this is dora the explorer what did you what did you like about our trip today uh well i had so much fun talking with you guys and thank you so much for having me on the podcast i truly did need to listen to more of it before i came on here <laughs> We'll so do it again <laughs> so you can prepare yourself. We'll have you on again. Oh, yeah, this is not the last time. We'll, we'll definitely be seeing more of you, and I'm sure everyone's going yep. to really love to hear from you. And now we know what El Shaddai Thank means. You. Yeah. We that, know what I El Shaddai means. The biggest thing God learned, with honestly. the biggest boobs. The, the biggest boobs. <laughs> awesome. Anyways, roll the metal. <laughs> And there you go. There you go. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna put it as like uh, the gang learns what El Shaddai means, parts one and two, as a, <laughs> because we're gonna be talking about okay, and the next part, next part, it's a part. They're starting again. I think it's gonna be really funny. Uh, I, I I'm really excited for uh, for how this comes together. Um, 